Hello, listeners around the world, and welcome to season two of Quote Unquote with KK. Before we start, I would love to make a few formal announcements. As I had mentioned uh, during the close of our season one uh, grand finale, season two will focus on two tracks, healthy and wealthy. And this would be a fortnightly feature. The reason we, we discussed this in our season finale uh, was the way the world has transformed in, in, in uh, 2020 and looking forward to 2021. If we are not healthy, we cannot be wealthy. And hence, we are going to talk about these two key themes in this year in our season two. I also want to welcome our listeners from Pandora across the world and Daily Hunt in India and across the continent uh, in this part of the world. I am also glad to inform you that our podcast with the addition of Pandora and Daily Hunt is now reaching to over 200 million listeners globally. So these were a few announcements uh, I wanted to make uh, before we start our season two. Now on this quote unquote on the health track, I would love to talk about the whole issues around the COVID vaccine development and uh, and what COVID has done in 2020. As you know, over 100 million people were affected with COVID with 2 million deaths. And uh, just to give the context on our talk today, which is COVID vaccine development, pain of 2020 and hope in 2021. As we had talked uh, in one of our earlier podcasts in our season one, where we had uh, the vice chair at Mayo Clinic talking about uh, the whole endemic and pandemic phase and what's the promise of vaccines under development. We now see that there are about eight candidates in the lead. Some of them have got emergency approvals to start vaccination. Uh, from India, we have two vaccine candidates. AstraZeneca and Bharat Biotech, which have also received uh, emergency approval from the Indian regulators uh, DGCI. This week itself, our Prime Minister and uh, announced the rollout, and we had uh, mock trials, and we initiated delivery of uh, 30 million doses to frontline healthcare workers in India. On the other side of the world, uh, we have seen Pfizer Moderna vaccine receiving approvals and also started uh, the program of immunization in the US with approximately 1.9 million doses being delivered. However, there were about 4,400 adverse events, uh, which is around 0.25%. And there were a couple of deaths of some frontline healthcare workers, which obviously set the doubt on uh, the Pfizer Moderna vaccine and the technology that was used to produce this vaccine. 
on uh, the other sides of the world there are issues being raised about around covid how it was handled how the vaccine development and emergency approvals have been handled and uh, issues such as uh, you know the chinese vaccine uh, you know uh, showing uh, much lower than uh, the initial efficacy of around 75% and some of the countries now even declining to use these chinese vaccines so issues are are mind boggling and then we have uh, dr swaminathan talking to the press uh, earlier this week that uh, another 12 months will be taken after all the data is provided that there will be a final approval from who it's a long drawn process and people are definitely confused to put fuel to the fire there's all this fake news on social media and all which again is been fanned by political and political parties which are making statements and this leads to a lot of chaos fear in the minds of the masses at a time when the world is moving to the largest immunization program the mankind has ever seen to address all these issues i have my good old friend and industry associate dr matt jadavekar who has been an expert in drug discovery for over 35 years i had a pleasure to work and interact with mac when i was heading healthcare and life sciences business at jubilant and he was heading the global programs and partnerships at pfizer let me just uh, take a few minutes in introducing mac he was at he joined pfizer after completing his phd from university of minnesota as a bench scientist and over the years he was part of the team for r&d that developed zoloft zithromax and viagra he spent 28 years of his career at pfizer and then uh, after retiring he joined kkr a pe firm to do a buyout of capsugel division from pfizer in 2011 from uh, 2011 onwards uh, mac was uh, honored a delit from mumbai university at the recommendation of the president of india in 2018 i had the pleasure of meeting uh, uh, mac at a lamborghini family dinner hosted in mumbai when he was associated with the lamborghini family uh which was signing an mou with the maharashtra government under the investment in maharashtra road show program and mac was actually instrumenting in in bringing investments back to india lastly mac has been on boards of several pharma companies around the world and various think tanks welcome to the podcast uh, mac it's pleasure hosting you so mac uh, for a layman uh, you know what is a vaccine and what is a drug can you just give a very simple layman understanding to the masses you know where do where do where do we use vaccines and where do we use drugs okay so vaccines are supposedly have to be given to the not to the patients but to the healthy human beings where you need to prevent 
you know any any kind of uh, disease entering into your body and and that could be viral that could be bacterial that could be you know any infectious disease you need something your bodies to prepare you know kind some kind of a defense mechanism and that defense mechanism comes through the antibodies that are created in your blood so so when when the real viral let's say just take an example of a virus now i mean i'm not going to go into other bacterial type infections but let's say for a viral infection before the virus comes you know your body has to be prepared to fight it out and and you have you know platelets and you have you know phagocytes and all those things trying to trying to fight the external attacks uh, which are coming into your body and and in layman's terms i mean i'm going to go as simple as i can to to describe this is like you need an army arsenal prepared within you to fight out these these viruses which are coming into you and in order to make that possible you know your your uh, body has to be you know prepared to get those uh, ammunitions ready and to get those ammunitions ready there has to be certain biologic reactions which have to happen there has to be uh, uh, you know certain uh, immuno responses which have to happen in order to, to have have those happen you need something that body needs as a as a as a so called what i call a, a viral vector or you you may want to call it a protein subunit to enter into your body which then that protein subunit can prepare uh, you know those antigen antibody production and and once the antibodies are formed then you are uh, you know you are ready to receive any attack from from those types of subunits of viruses let's say and and then your body can fight it out and it will it will not make you sick i mean it may still make you little bit of a illness but but it will not make you you know sick to the extent of that you'll have to go to the hospital and you know have have be on the respirator so so i think what it does is it it prevents any of such things happening to you and uh, i mean i'm not going to say that you will be totally void of any any such uh, illnesses but i think i think the severity will be will be reduced to to an extent uh, that your body can take and uh, and and so that is a response to your question in uh, you know as to why do you need vaccine and and drugs are something which are given to the people who already have the disease and you want to obviously treat the disease maybe asymptomatically or symptomatically and and try to reduce uh, those symptoms and try to cure you cure is a, is a big word and and we don't tend to use that unless we have a proof of concept or have proven uh, the word cure because cure has so many implications so so we don't use the word cure uh, but we we say okay we will try to you know remedy it and by by putting those remedies through the drugs then help you Uh, essentially come out of it uh, because you know you you are uh, eliminating those uh, bacteria or viruses out of your body so that's that's the treatment so so and those are the drugs so i think i answered your question in a yeah. long way but but i hope Absolutely. i did the justice <laughs> so mac just for the clarity uh, 
uh, of uh, uh, to the audience. You know, there are a lot of jargons being thrown on the internet, and people are now talking all these jargons. You know, what are the phases for a vaccine development? How many phases does it go through to be finally cleared? And people are all concerned uh, here that you know it's not cleared. It's cleared. WHO is making some statements here that it will take another year, one year, and people are really concerned. Could you just in a, uh, give us you know a brief about you know what are the stages that uh, any vaccine or any drug that is uh, finally approved for human consumption uh, goes through? Okay, I think I think uh, you know again I'm going to come to the layman's terms here. I'm not right. going to get into scientific jargon of any kind because because this is mainly for the people uh, who have these questions and and uh, really they are not uh, the pharmaceutical or uh, you know they are not virologists to Correct. get this answer. So what I'm going to say is you know there are three main phases of. Uh, clinical studies. Clinical studies are something that uh, one does after the drug has at least shown preclinical uh, safety. I mean, unless the drug is safe, you do not give it to any human being. You do some animal studies, you do uh, you know, the, some in vitro studies followed by some in vivo studies, which means you, know, you work through the system. So for the preclinical, you do those. And then once it shows that uh, now at least you have a feel, and I'm talking now in the drug sense. In for a drug, uh, once the drug is proven that it has got no, I mean it has got safe, good safety profile uh, in the preclinical studies, then what you want to do is uh, then you want to, you know, essentially apply to the, and I, again I'm going to use US FDA as a as a showcase. Sure, sure. Yeah, please, please go ahead. I mean, that's because the gold that standard. Is, that, is, uh, that is the way I have been trained over the last 40 years, and, and I'm going to use that. Uh, so, so USFDA has very strict regulations. Uh, it's a highly regulated industry, pharma industry, and, uh, and, and nobody can dictate or control how the FDA should act because it is not only a body which goes through, you know, for the right reasons, uh, big safety as well as efficacy profiles and and looks at drug in different ways and uh, and and I think you know there are uh, IND which is the investigational new drug application which gets filed once uh, they review your all preclinical data in in animals and whatnot and and then they give you permission to go with the with the uh, phase mm -hmm. one IND and for that you know you have to conduct those phase one studies in healthy volunteers, not in patients. So, so that's a very small population of uh, people that they conduct the IND in. And then once that phase one finishes, which, which, which can take, again, I'm not going to go through the timeline because every drug is different. Antibiotics are different. Uh, vaccines are different in terms of the time frame. So I will not specifically go into that because it will take uh, another right. hour to go through that. So what I'm going to do is quickly run through that. So so once the phase one uh, happens, let's say it takes uh, you know three months. And then after, after that, then you have a phase two A study where you are not just looking for the safety, but you are trying to see whether it sh shows any uh, efficacy against 
a disease and whatever disease you may be targeting. So, so that's what it is looked at. And then phase 2A gives you a proof of concept. So certain receptors and targets and, and those are studied in the phase 2. And then uh, when that shows promise, then you do the larger population and do a phase 2B study. And, and then that's where uh, it, it goes through several protocols and you kind of say, yeah, it looks like it's working. It looks like it is safe. You do some dose ranging studies and whatnot, so which I will not get into details. But after you do that, then, then it says, yep, uh, FDA will then have a pre-phase three meeting and they, then they will say, okay, you are now okay to go through your phase three studies, which are, which have larger, you know, disease population. Um, it could be, you know, anywhere from, you know, 15,000 to uh, 100,000. I mean, it's it's a huge clinical study and, and that's where the majority of the expenses happen. I mean, when you say, you know, that the drug, when it goes through phase three, uh, I mean, you could be spending up to a billion dollars, one billion dollars to go through that. And it's a, it's a very expensive process. So, so only big pharmas have been able to do that in the past, and um, and and that's what happens to a drug. So so I, I remember Zoloft and Zithromax and uh, you know Viagra. I mean we went through all that, and finally the drug comes through and 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 it works. So so that's phase three. So so this is for the drug and vaccine. It's a similar thing. It can take anywhere from uh, you know three to five years. For a vaccine or or even for a drug, it can take up to 10 to 15 years. I mean, so it all you know the it varies. So I, I'm not going to generalize it in any way, but uh, but it takes long time because you need uh, long term effects. You need uh, many many ethnic populations. You need uh, so many variants that you want to study. So you don't want to be uh, you know finding out something when when really the drug is introduced to the market and then you find that. Uh, there are lots of adverse events happening. So, so I think with that, I think there is a major, major, uh, you know, you know, uh, FDA's responsibility to make sure the general population, when the drug comes out with the FDA stamp of approval, it can safely, you know, uh, you know, the, the the physicians can safely prescribe that, and and then public can take it. So, so. So there are lots of checks and balances here, and also FDA has some uh, committees, independent committees that they set up uh, because they don't want to come across as the only body which will approve it or not approve it. So, so there is an independent commission which has got nothing to do with the FDA, but they essentially take their uh, permission or take their input into play and and then they say whether or not it is approvable or not and then the fda will say yep based on the uh, you know let's say committee of 15 people 14 went for it one was against it and then they will say i think it's okay to go forward and and do it so so that's the process which us fda goes through and and it's a rightful process and and obviously there are other things that the us fda gets involved in in terms of you know your facilities GMPs and whatnot, so I will not get into that part, but Absolutely. I think for today's discussion, I will just stay focused. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much, Mac, for uh, describing this in a layman's and which means billions of dollars go after, uh, you know, creating one successful drug and I'm glad you have been a uh, uh, party to three of them in your career, uh, which very few scientists have 
you know have have had that sort of an experience mac let's roll back to the pain of 2020 you know you've been friends with couple of senators and also uh the folks who are heading the trump uh, covid committee as well what was the pain that uh, the government and and the uh, and the folks at capitol hill were going through to ensure that the population and the people are protected and a solution to to a vaccine is created at the earliest Yeah, so so I'm not going to get into the political. No, uh, I don't want to talk the politics. I want so, to talk yeah, the so, science, and you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so so I've been I've been uh, you know fortunate enough to know <clears throat> uh, senators and congressmen of both parties, and and I've been uh, you know uh, talking to many of them, and they are uh, you know they mean they mean well. They all you know the you know the task force meant well, and. Uh, you know i think it was headed up uh, uh, you know by mike pence who is the vice president and i had a, an opportunity to meet with him face to face and uh, and essentially talk about vaccines and what not so so i think you know in a in a sense you know the government tried to do everything possible uh, to to lay out a map and and certainly you know uh, i'm not going to look in the rear view mirror here and say you know what went wrong or what went right i think uh, i think i am always looking forward to see you know how think uh, you know we should look at now knowing what we know now and uh, and do it right so so i think with that uh, you know i had i had a wonderful opportunity to uh, to bring certain senators and congressmen to india and 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 introduce them to the right people and take them to the right uh, you know uh, things and uh, and i remain friends with them and uh, and uh, so it has been a wonderful ride and uh, you know i have been uh, help trying to help in my way to to make things happen and and again you know as i said you know i'm i'm now helping you know these things from outside now i'm not at pfizer but i'm helping you know companies like pfizer from outside and uh, and i'm also helping globally you know one of the uh, contract manufacturing firm from korea has contacted me and they are looking for my help so i am helping them as well so so again you know there are different things i am working on and uh, but i think you know time is now to to kind of uh, you know get ready to to fight this covid 19 uh, which has really you know put the entire world in a in a, in tracks you know it totally came to you know total full stop and i think uh, now that the vaccinations have started the people are you know seeing the light after the tunnel and and i'm hoping that uh, over the next 6 to 9 months uh, these things will happen and hopefully hopefully 9 months from now uh, people will start traveling and uh, and the business would be taking the new normal uh, as against what we have seen in the last uh, what 10 months now almost uh, you know march it right. started last year so yeah right mac uh, again pfizer comes up uh, with uh, the recent efficacy data that has come out of the leading uh, vaccines pfizer uh, a, pfizer's vaccine is 95% uh, uh, 
efficacy moderna is 94.1 sputnik the russian one is 91.4 astrazeneca is about 90% then the sinopharma is about 79 and sinovac is 78 which is and with the recent data i think it has gone down to 50 and the chinese government refuses to share data to the world uh, very interestingly there was a world poll carried out uh, to understand the resistance uh, to immunization in the population and it seems that it is correlated uh, to the efficacy of these various vaccines in different parts of the world broadly so people across the world uh, are saying that they are likely to say yes to getting a vaccination from uh, from those developed in uh, germany or us but are distrustful to taking a shot from the chinese or russian developed vaccines right and this is where the whole you know hysteria and you know all this social media and fake news start you know building up as a scientist how would you allay this mass hysteria and fear in the people? Science is not divided, you know, with countries or with, you know, an origin of a vaccine of a country. It's for the betterment of humankind and to save the humankind. So what's your message uh, to, to the people across the world and our listeners as a scientist? that they should not be concerned whether they should be taking Pfizer or a Moderna. What is the best approved for them they should be taking? And then I would love to talk about a little bit on your Pfizer and Pfizer vaccines future as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, you know, the efficacy that you talked about in terms of Pfizer being 95%, Moderna being 94.1%. I mean, see, these are, you know, statistically almost the same efficacy. I mean, you talk 94 or 90 or 94 point, it doesn't mean much because I think the key point here is it is efficacious. Okay, I mean, that's that's the message. And if it says, you know, it's 50%, then then I would worry about that. But I think I think if you say, you know, it's, it's over 70% efficacious. So, so most of the general public, you know, who are healthy, uh, would be protected uh, and if they do get uh, you know the the uh, viral attack you know they may may fall sick but the severity of the sickness may not be as severe as you have seen in people who never had an opportunity to have a vaccine so so i think everybody should talk like you know they are fortunate enough now that there is a vaccine in place so so that's number one. I, I wouldn't worry about these minor details and, and all the talk which is going on. And, and I will tell you, you know, even in the flu vaccine, you know, some people get anaphylactic reactions and shocks and, and all Correct. those things are very normal to, to have. It may happen in 0.1% of the population, but here, you know, this may happen in uh, 0.3% population. So, so those things are bound to happen. That's why I think what is happening is, you know, uh, when at least I know from the uh, experience in the US recently, I mean, I I just talked to somebody who got Pfizer vaccine uh, yesterday and, and he said, you know, they gave him a vaccine and they had to, you know, wait for 15 more minutes in case, you know, if he had any 
anaphylactic reaction to the vaccine. So they were ready with the EpiPen to give the epinephrine shot to, to counteract that reaction. And, and that's really normal. So I wouldn't you know, take it as a, as a bad thing. I mean, this is like, you know, everybody reacts differently. I mean, people have, uh, you know, interactions with even drugs. You know, some people are allergic to even milk. I mean, so, so okay. these allergenic reactions is a, is a normal thing in people. So, so one shouldn't, you know, point it to the, oh, because of this vaccine that happened and oh, that is bad. No, it's, you cannot generalize these things. You have to have enough uh, things in play before you take a vaccine. You know, you need to make sure, you know, number one, that you are not allergic to things like polyethylene glycol, for example. I mean, I'm just giving you examples. So, right. so, so, so don't blame the vaccine because you get a reaction, you know, okay. I mean, it's, it's bound to happen in some patients and some, some people, I shouldn't say patients because this is given to the normal Healthy human being. Population. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, I wouldn't worry about that part, but I think, uh, you will, I mean, since millions are being given this Pfizer dosage now, I mean, there are going to be six or seven, you know, adverse reactions you are going to put, you know, see in the press. And then the press essentially, you know, zooms in on those people who got that reaction. And uh, and so people generally, you know, by, by doing so, it creates anxiety in people and those people who really want to take it. They say, I don't want to take it because, oh, this happened in this person. So, so again, not getting into too many details here. I think uh, it's not because the Pfizer, uh, I mean, because of any vaccine is bad. It's because your body reacts differently to that particular strain. And, and that's why you're getting the reaction. So I, I would put that at ease saying, you know, everybody, you know, should should have a vaccine and there are people you know i mean uh, michael pence got a pfizer vaccine uh, what three or four weeks ago Kamala harris now, also took it and joe biden also had a shot yeah 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 so they took it i mean it's like you know they are showing people look you know i we are taking it so you better you know also be, be prepared to take it so so i'm hoping you know this will go away after a while but i think you know what i'm saying is if even if 70 or 80 percent population is vaccinated, I think there is a chance that you could have the herd immunity, which will happen. And then, you know, the, the, we'll be back to the, you know, the new normal. So that's my hope. Excellent. Uh, well put, uh, uh, Mac. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit towards the India story of the vaccine. Uh, we have Bharat Biotech and Serum Institute. Uh, who have got emergency approvals. Uh, their phase three data is expected uh, from Bharat Biotech, I guess by March. But uh, they've already started shipping, not just in India, but uh, outside of India, millions of doses on the emergency approval to various countries in the world as well. What is the difference now you find between the West uh, vaccines and those developed in India? Are there various uh, changes or are they, I mean, how do you find uh, them different? Uh, maybe uh, from their efficacy or if you want to talk a little bit on the on the platform or the science through which that these have been developed. Yeah, so, so these, uh, you know, vaccines, I mean, I know AstraZeneca, Oxford uh, vaccine, which has been manufactured by Serum, 
Institute of India in Pune is uh, is based on you know the the attenuated uh, or inactivated virus type of a technology which is which is conventional technology which has been used for many 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 other uh, you know viruses uh, in the past so so there is uh, you know enough data on those types of vaccines and and the the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccines, uh, those vaccines are based on the newer technology, which is called the messenger RNA technology, which is totally new, um, which is called essentially a protein subunit. You know that's what it is called. So, okay. so, so because of that, I mean, uh, people didn't know whether it's going to be successful, whether it is going to. Uh, you know, have any any issues with efficacy and whatnot, but I think it, everybody has uh, seen it so far that the uh, uh, it works very well. And and if you want, I can describe a little bit uh, of you know how it works. Uh, uh, the you know these Pfizer as well as Moderna, uh, you know both of these vaccines use the mRNA technology, which is a genetic messenger uh, the body uses to make the DNA code into proteins. And and these are kind of packaged inside a how should I call it? It's a fatty capsule called the lipid nanoparticle. Okay, I mean that is right. how I would describe it as a as a for a people you know who are non-scientists. And and this nanoparticle then allows it to get into cells. You know because in order to get an entry into the cell where it has to be effective, it has to have the same embodiment to get in, inside that. So so that's why you have to create these nano lipid particles otherwise uh, they would not even be able to enter the, the cells so so that's why and then the messenger rna instructs the cells to make that protein which then triggers the immune system into action and for the uh, for the mrna you know coding you know that part of the protein on the on what we call now the sars cov2 virus that binds to a receptor on human cells in order to gain the entry into the system or into the body and and then that vaccine makes the entirely uh, that that vaccine vaccine is made up entirety of this protein which is known as the you know spike protein on the on the cover of the of the of the virus okay so so that's the mechanism and using this full spike protein then allows the immune system to figure out kind of more ways to detect and attack the virus. Okay, I mean, that's the whole idea, right? I mean, to create that. And that chemical modifications to the messenger RNA may also explain uh, some of these differences. And although the same dosage by weight uh, was given to the to the people uh, with each vaccine, the, the, the vaccine has fewer particles and 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 the full length messenger RNA is heavier. So so you have to you know say that you know these things are messenger RNA particles, and that's why even the the mutated strain that we are seeing currently in coming from the UK or coming from South Africa, Correct. I think Pfizer vaccine or or uh, vaccine from Moderna is effective against those mutated things because this is a messenger RNA. From the for the spike protein, so so that's why it has been shown effective. Uh, I don't know whether they have tried the AstraZeneca vaccine against the mutated strain. I don't know the results of that, but I think uh, 
Pfizer has sh shown uh, the data recently that it is effective against those strains. So, so people feel very comfortable saying, oh, okay, so even if the, the strain changes, you know, we are still covered by this Pfizer vaccine. So, so I know that much uh, right now. So more data will come and, and we'll learn more, but I think uh, so far so good. So, so that's the way right. that can work. Excellent. Uh, I would love to just uh, talk a little bit again on the the promise of the technology behind the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, you know, do you think that this same technology can be extended to treating cancer, cardiovascular, and you know other you know conditions where uh, we still don't have proper drugs and survivability is a big challenge. Is this a promising uh, technology uh, from a drug development point of view as well uh, that the world is going to see post uh, the successful efficacy and effectiveness uh, of the launch of the Pfizer vaccine? And that's what I see as the hope of 2021 and beyond. Exactly. No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, there are lots and lots of uh, hope now for oncologists because the same technology, uh, mRNA technology can be used to to fight, you know, these cancers. And and uh, and there have been some studies being done right now. And, and I don't know, uh, uh, Carico was the scientist who got the, no I mean, who should get the Nobel Prize for all this. Uh, who uh, actually, you know, invented that and then went to BioNTech and, uh, you know, she worked with BioNTech and got all these things going. So, so, so there is lots of potential for curing cancer through these technologies. And I think uh, there is lots of work we, which is being done as we speak. Obviously, you know, the, it has taken a backseat right now because of the COVID. Uh, but I think, you know, it's a, it's a perfect storm, I would say for for uh, for getting the key to treating uh, certain cancers i wouldn't say every cancer or every tumor but i so think it actually becomes a phase a, a phase 1 where the healthy population is getting a vaccination and we are actually being able to test uh, the waters of mrna technology to further develop it to you know the sicker people in cancer cardiovascular and other you know conditions I mean, I, I see it. Uh, that is the, the the bigger opportunity and the rise of uh, 2021. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's what I want to say that COVID-19, fingers crossed, may turbocharge all these processes and the pandemic, which has led to this grand debut of messenger RNA vaccines uh, and their definitive proof of concept for sure. Uh, Already there are, you know, murmurs around, uh, you know, getting these things into mRNA technologies for uh, enthusiasm of, you know, from even from regulators, policymakers that we could use this for cancer. So I think, I think time will only tell, but I think, uh, you know, this is, this is a beginning of a, of a good beginning to, to, uh, to test out the, you know, uh, different types of cancers. And they're talking about breast cancer, prostate cancer, skin cancers, pancreatic cancer, uh, lung cancers and whatnot. And, and uh, so there will be, you know, something that uh, we can remain hopeful for. And uh, 
again we'll see what time brings us but i think uh, that is a huge hope and you are absolutely right i think uh, people are saying you know hey why not use this for something else so i think i think we'll see more of that so that's the rise of 2021 i would say yeah yeah exactly now let me just change track and talk about mac his life learnings and his inspiration you know there are a lot of scientists both in india and abroad who are looking forward to building a career in in uh, drug discovery and vaccine development given what we have gone through in 2020 what's your advice to those followers of science and practitioners of science and uh, who want to take up a career like you in drug discovery and create something fairly novel like a viagra which was i'm sure that's a human need it's a, it provided from a recreational point of view so what's your advice to all the budding scientists and people who want to take up a career and by the way my my daughter is in class 12 and she's also coming to minnesota wonderful wonderful no i mean i think you know i mean not everybody should turn into a molecular biologist or anything like that but i think i see lots of good options for people to get into i mean uh, including you know what we call uh, you know the the real basic sciences and and not get into something which is not of great value so so again you know everybody has a different outlook and and obviously science is is my core uh, interest and and that's where i got interested and uh, that's where i entered into university of minnesota i got my doctorate in pharmaceutics and and then pfizer essentially recruited me right and right there and uh, and i stuck with pfizer all life long because uh, i knew that this company was innovation based because that is the key you know i mean what is the company focus is it generic you know copy cat or is this uh, innovation so so no matter what you do whether you are a you know a scientist in a true sense uh, where you want to go for innovation i think i think uh, there are lots of areas that one can get into pharmacology you know uh, pharmacokinetics uh, pharmacodynamics i mean there are lots of areas so i am not going to be very very uh, you know tilted towards one way or the other or biased against another one no, no. i think uh, depending on your interest i think one should proceed and 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 i am hoping that the people who are listening uh they are looking at this as a as a way to succeed and if you want to succeed you have to look for you know what is it is going to be recession proof and one of the areas of being recession proof is health sciences and uh, health sciences are huge i mean there are so many verticals in there so so you don't want to even count the number of verticals in there but any vertical that you pick where your passion lies is the way you want to proceed so so uh, even if it is epidemiology these days you know being uh, in the public health area i mean that's another huge area where uh, you know things are happening my son is uh, you know at columbia university he is an epidemiologist uh, you know doing his doctorate so so again you know it's a it's a matter of people you know understanding what their passion lies and and once they understand where the passion is go for it and go all the way you know don't stop in between and change your focus from let's say science to finance you know i mean uh, it's okay to do it later in life but but 
have something you know as your core competency and then build up your other areas to other facets of your career in a different way later on so you can get an mba later on but don't uh, stop your studies uh, i mean don't uh, get into you know other things while you haven't mastered one so so that's that's my message interestingly uh, mac uh, i had the pleasure to be on the board of pfizer india for three years it was an interesting journey and um, and what you talked about your journey at pfizer i can completely empathize your 35 years at pfizer were like my three years at uh, at the board of pfizer india a lot of learning and a lot of growth and working with my peer board members and the directors uh, full time directors at at the at, uh, at pfizer india uh, was a great journey for me as well and i guess uh, that's what the whole culture of growth learning that uh, <clears throat> pfizer fostered in their dna i would say it's not mrna but their own dna company dna which is why it has been so successful in bringing out certain blockbuster drugs even putting a billion dollars to develop say a zoloft or a ravagra and now betting on a very very new technology to actually prove the science and the efficacy uh, around it and time will tell how effective it is uh, it's great uh, talking to you mac uh, i'm looking forward to interacting with you and talking to you um, as a scientist uh, you know you have allayed a lot of fears giving in your pfizer background and my pfizer uh, background as well around this whole controversies and effect effectiveness and efficacy of vaccines and whether we should take it or not and what not uh, i at least hope that our listeners have got a few key takeaways from our session today before i close out i would love to thank mac uh, for giving his time and talking to us mac uh, i do hope uh, you will be taking your pfizer uh, vaccine soon uh, as your time turns up in us and um, and i wish you uh, you stay safe and uh, you are able to travel to this part of the world and as uh, and also to south korea and i'm sure we will be meeting up soon uh, face to face back in india when the new normal happens courtesy the whole uh, global uh, immunization program <coughs> before i close uh, i like to make a special mention to our team which has made this uh, event possible our sponsors and our uh, team behind the content and um, and i welcome back all our listeners uh, to the next podcast would which where we will talk about wealthy thanks and have a nice day thank you